Kat. And I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Cat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 29, A Good Day to Break Up. This week we're discussing season 2, episode 16 of Buffy, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, and the Doctor Who 2006 Christmas special, The Runaway Bride. As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. Okay. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, or as you pointed out, <laughs> it should be called Bewitched, Be Bothered, and Bewildered. I always want to say that, and, and I have to say... Not only not only would that be more alliterative, it would also be sort of a Hobbit reference, exactly. which would just make it... The only thing which could make it better. Exactly. I, I almost said that in our introduction here, too. I, I had to, like, force myself not to say, Be Bothered. But. I know. Uh, once you realize it, you realize what a missed opportunity. Exactly. But I guess I guess they're they're alluding to the the classic show tune, so they can't. Yeah. I guess they could have they could have screwed with the title, but well. Anyway. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Probably so, didn't even like occur to anyone else other than me. I just. <laughs> only only the Tolkien fans would exactly. point that out. Exactly. Um, so. I mean, the obvious place to start is with Xander and Cordy, because this is no. sort of the culmination of <laughs> yeah. what we've seen so far. And it's funny because um, uh, I was just getting to the point where I was starting to think, you know, I wonder what Cordy's friends think of this relationship. <laughs> Were you? Because okay. I, I literally had that thought, like, before I was, I was, like, getting Netflix ready. And I was thinking, <laughs> like... You know, at some point, people are going to start noticing that they're dating. Right. And I wonder when that... And then, darn it, you know, the episode... And I guess that makes sense because for most of the season, they've sort of hidden the relationship. Right. And it was just, like, in the last... What was it? Two episodes ago that Willow first um, yeah. caught them. Exactly. And then, I guess, from there, it became public knowledge within the group. Right. And then I think it was last week that we first saw them, like... I noticed um, they were in their car, you know, they get attacked by the werewolf, and then they, Buffy's looking at the hood of the car, and you see them kind of, Xander's kind of got his arm comfortingly around Cordy. Right. And you kind of go, okay, so they've gotten to the point where they're they broached being it. close yeah. in front of other people. So, but you didn't really see them with, the rest of the school. It was just, like, mm-hmm. among their little right. group of friends. So I was just starting to wonder, like, when are Cordy's friends are going to find out? Or when are we going to see what they think about it? And yeah. the episode pretty much starts with that. So and, and it, we it was haven't, funny. <laughs> we haven't seen Cordy with her... With her uh, friends. Fr- with yeah. her other friends yeah. since the early episodes of season one, really. Like, it, yeah. um, we have seen Harmony before. We see her in the first episode. And, yeah, but not and there's since, some other... Like, not since the very early in it's season like, yeah, one. Yeah, it's I like the first think, half right? of season one. Yeah. Um, that since we've seen her. Um, or, yeah, or, I mean, I guess we've Or seen other Cordy than, with... like, maybe just as as dressing around Cordy you know what I mean like she you know they might have had people around but didn't have speaking parts or anything like that you know what I mean yeah Um, like I don't think we've seen Harmony in a good long while I mean and even I mean I think we've seen Cordy more generally with her sort of gaggle of popular friends but um 
but not even that much re lately. You know, she's pretty much, you know, kind of transitioned over to the group. So it is kind of interesting to get a look in um, and see, and they are not very forgiving. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Um, and, you know, Cordy has come some way since she's been with the group, too. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. Like, like, and obviously we even see in here, like, she, she doesn't really revert, but we see how, like, she's kind of getting a new view of her own friends, right? Um, yeah. In, in some of these instances, even as she's trying to act like them again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, she's trying to go back and and say, you know, hang out with them and, and be interested in things they're interested in and that she has been interested in in the past. And um, you're getting that sort of, uh, yeah, that sort of... Um, distance you know that she's sort of gone from them so um mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know i mean what what are your other thoughts that uh about the relationship because i think you're right it's only really been the last couple of episodes where we've seen that it's been a public uh sort of relationship well i mean i think it's kind of interesting what you were talking about before about like what you know you had kind of brought up the point, what's QWERTY getting out of this relationship, mm -hmm. you know? And so now we're, which, you know, was one thing when it was the two of them in secret. So you could kind of imagine that what she was getting out of it was something that was sort of, she might be privately getting some something out of it, but not enough to sort of take public or to risk the reputation or something. Right. So now we kind of get to see, I think this kind of, it brings that to light like okay what is she getting out of it is it something that is worth you know risking her own social status um or is it just something purely because we talked about like if it was something purely physical well this is cordy she could go and do that with any other guy in the school you know but the fact that this is something that she sort of feels conflicted about and hems and haws over and ultimately chooses um, suggests that she at least is getting something fairly substantial out of it. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, at, at least, you know, whether or not, I'm not saying they're meant for each other or going to end up together or anything, but at least enough to sort of prompt her to sort of fight for it and not just sort of do what she might have done you know, a year ago before she met these friends, right. you know, which is just do whatever it is that sort of makes her, um, friends, you know, approving of her. Um, mm. so it's interesting. You kind of, I wasn't expecting that big of a gesture from Cordy at this stage. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily expecting them to break up or get together either way you know but it was kind of interesting to see them end on a pretty definitive note of i mean i guess if i if i had been putting money down i might have said that this episode would bring up those questions and not necessarily answer them yeah that it would like it would be a are they you know 
do they really like each other? Are they going to get through this? Maybe they're going to break up, maybe not kind of thing. And, and maybe we'll watch for the rest of the season to see where it goes. I wasn't expecting it to end with like a yes or no answer, you know? And, and again, that's not to say that they're not going to break up next week, but at least to have, <laughs> but at least to have her sort of end the episode with the, with the resolves, like, I'm going to walk down the hall and I might have like a breakdown, but at least I've made a decision and, you know, she might be disgusted at her own decision. No, but no matter how lame her boyfriend no is. No matter how lame right. he is to have that kind of, yeah, but like to have her voice that much of a commitment, mm-hmm. I thought was really surprising. I wasn't expecting it to go there so soon, I think. Yeah, well, no, I think this is def- I, it, for both of them, but I think more for Cordelia even than Xander, this is a growth episode, absolutely. This is, yeah. this is I mean, you see it, and, and I think just this is an, an attesting to uh, how good of an actress um, yeah. Charisma Carpenter is to, to yeah. just say, oh, I... Charisma Carpenter and Cordelia Chase, like all these C's, uh, C's and I'm mixed up. No, uh, yeah. how good how good she is that you can just see it across her face that she's realizing sort of as she's talking that. And I mean, we've talked about I mean, Cordelia doesn't really have a lot of filters. Right. So you you know that a lot of times she's saying things exactly as she's thinking them. But yeah. but I think, you know, in this case, it's the it's the wait a minute. Why am I trying to get your approval? I yeah. actually surprise to me. I actually enjoy being with Xander and you know, I am my own woman and I don't have to listen to you to be happy. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to listen to you and I'm going to be with him <laughs> even if he is lame because there is something there. And, um, sort of acknowledging what Xander says way back in the beginning, right. When he's giving her the necklace is, you know, maybe we see something in in each other that we didn't even realize we were seeing, you know, like maybe it's, you know, I certainly think I see something in you and, and maybe you see something in me. And it's kind of like by the end of that episode, Cordy is able to sort of admit that, that, yeah, there is something there. And maybe her initial reaction was the one that wasn't honest, you know, now, you know, she's, she seems to try to, be going in and recapturing something that, um, you know, again, is not, it's not her feelings. It's like, she wants to go back to a way that she was, but she's not that way anymore. So it's more like coming to grips with how has being a part of this Scooby group really, uh, you know, affected her and it's affected her more than maybe she's been willing to acknowledge up to this point. Um, right. Well, and I think she's kind of right when she says we don't fit. So it it brings the question that if you are, you know, Xander's point is he can't really articulate what it is that he sees. But he's kind of like, well, logically, if we're doing... <laughs> could just be hormones, yeah. It could just be hormones, but it, it stands to reason that if we're doing this, we're doing it for a reason. So... I must be seeing something, even if I don't quite know what I'm seeing yet, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, the same thing is, you know, they don't fit, but they're going out of their way 
you know, to be together. Like, it would be easier for Cordy to find a guy that's more, you know, popular. Or, you know, it would probably be easier for Xander to take advantage of Willow. Like, there are other, you know, easier kind of roles that they could be falling into, but they're sort of, they've chosen to be with one of the most inconvenient people in terms of, you know, their social lives that they probably could. So it's kind of forcing, I think, them to sort of say, well, why is that? You know, yeah. and I don't know. It was good. I, I kind of like that it ended that way. With... Yeah, no, but I, I, I think you're I right. I... It, and I think it is a realization for Cordy in the sense that I think she does change, but it's also her kind of realizing that she's changed more than actually changing. Right. It's more right. like, you know... Uh, you know, and, and you kind of, that whole speech at the end about you're a sheep, you realize, like, what separates Cordy, I think when we start the show, Cordy is the the poster of the shallow, popular teenager. But you kind of realize as you go, she's not that because of all these things we've talked about, like her filter and her honesty and her self-confidence and all these things that... It isn't just about pleasing other people. It's about doing what she wants. And by nature of that, other people flock around her. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the popular thing maybe isn't even so much about her trying to please the friends as it was just the sort of sheep being attracted to a natural leader. And she's kind of having to say, why am I suddenly trying to please the people pleasers? You know, when all I've ever done is what... I wanted to do and I'm going to keep doing that. Um, and I don't know, maybe she'll get shunned by the group, but maybe she'll end up being cooler than she ever was, you know, yeah. who knows? Well, we, we've had that moment, um, where she talks to Buffy about, you know, being alone in a crowd of people. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. I'm, right. I think she that was goes never really one of the crowd. I, I think that, right. I, I think that goes along with sort of what you're, talking about is is that i think one of the things that she seems to be missing is is having that around her because she's when she's with the scoobies she's not the leader she's not the one you know she's the one who's being told what to do or at least being asked to do certain things and and she's not the one who has people looking at her so i think and i think there's still some, you know, maybe some cognitive dissonance to work through there. Like, I'm not saying, like, mm-hmm. she's a completely changed woman, but I think you're right. It's more the realization of what and how she has changed, um, you know, since being part of the group. And, and it's more conscious uh, realization in this in this episode than anything. Um, and, and also the fact that, uh, yeah, just like, like I was even saying before, just that there is actually something in Xander beyond, you know, the momentary. And of course you notice that the, the sentimental moment happens in a basement again. Um, in this episode, um, different. No, actually the same basement, isn't it? It it was Buffy's basement before, right? It, it was because that's, yeah, they were in Buffy's house when the worm guy right. came, or they were like looking for Buffy or something. I can't remember why they were there, but or they were like looking 
it was something with the assassins. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so it, it is. It is the same basic. Yeah. So anyway, it, and and so you you know, but we talked about you know back then like the next episode. It's like okay, well you know one or two times you make out and then things kind of fizzle or they don't yeah. and clearly they haven't. So this is, yeah. And that's where Xander is at the beginning of the episode anyway is yeah. Look, I, clearly there's something more than just hormones going on here. At least I think there is, or there could be yeah. if we allow it. And yeah. And, um, but of and course, he gets broken up with for his trouble. Of, 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 yeah. I was going to say, but of course they take a sort of circuitous, route <laughs> to, yeah. to, to get to that hand-holding moment at the end. So um, we could talk about that a little. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a fun story. Um, and this Yeah, is, well, the, the fun of... I mean, this is a really fun episode and yeah. really funny. Um, Xander. Yeah, I mean... Xander, Xander, Xander. You always... You always <laughs> well, I mean, the first clue is Xander trying to be a badass and get the Hellmouth to work for him. You know, that... That sort yeah. of hubris always goes awry, and of course, when that's it's not going to end well. When yeah. it's Xander, it's always going to go awry in a way that's humorous to the watchers. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and um, so we reintroduce Amy, who we also haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, no, I was noticing that we're getting a lot of characters. I mean, what was the Larry last week? Yeah, Larry came back. Um, now Amy and Harmony are getting a lot of old, well, like, we can't, supporting high we can't, school characters. We can't see Jonathan every week. I guess is sort of the the lesson. So and he he's only suited for certain. Right. He can't he can't be the jock right. and the geeky kid. So. Um. So but. so yeah so we so we get when when Cordy breaks up with Xander we get him going to Amy. Um, because right. he sees Who, her put how, the whammy on. How how dumb is Amy? <laughs> Shouldn't she be the... I mean, I guess this is the addiction runs in the family metaphor, right? Like, shouldn't <laughs> she be the last person... I mean, that's what Buffy says, is she should be the last person to be... Messing around. Messing around with, with yeah. this stuff. And Yeah. Well, oh, and, we, Amy, and we got thought, the callback last week to that episode, which with... When Oz was looking at the trophy case. That's right. Yes. So I, yes. I mean, yeah. There is a. It's almost. It's, it's almost like there, yeah. a foreshadowing of like. Yeah, it definitely. You is. guys don't yeah. know it yet, but next week yeah. we're going to be talking more about this sort it's of like, thing. It's like you better start thinking about Amy, right? Just so you know, yeah. right, right. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's. Why would she have? all people be messing around with magic and it's it's the well i mean we don't get a lot of the reason why she's doing it but clearly she's using it for her own nefarious purposes like so she doesn't have to do homework yeah um so yeah yeah, i mean okay so she does magic and xander says all right i'm tired i'm sick and tired of being the one who's always on the bottom of the totem pole here like Mm -hmm. Let's make a love spell. Which, again, how stupid is that? Has Xander <laughs> never watched a movie about magic yeah. or, you know, yeah. anything like that? Like, the, love spells every, never every, every sort of witch story has to have a love potion at some of point or other, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, 
you know, I mean, of course, you know, things are going to go awry, and they do. Yeah. Um, I Well, I know you, before we move on, I know you wanted to bring up the the way Amy does her magic. And, and yeah. And that it is, it is very, like, I mean, it's basically, they're making it clear that it's the same type of magic that her mother did. It's right. In invocational. She's calling on. Exactly. She's calling on. Demons Diana or is, is, is yeah. here. The goddess, the goddess of note. Note she says the goddess of love and the hunt. The hunt, um, right. which really is what comes into play yeah. uh, here. You know, versus like Venus, the goddess of love, right? right? You know, or, or right. any of the other bajillion goddesses of love who might be out there. Yeah. Um, yes, it's of love and the hunt, and, and the certainly hunt. you know, I, I like in the the way that the story escalates <laughs> um, because it, it, well, okay. So they do the, they do the potion. Amy warns him, you know, Oh, your intent has to be pure. My intent is pure revenge, pure and simple. Um, and Amy does her potion and whatever, but I mean, clearly it's, it, it's a story of escalation, right? So we start out even before Xander realizes what's going on when, mm-hmm. It's Buffy almost just being like the perfect friend, like, hey, okay, you went through a bad breakup. Why don't we just hang out, just the two of us together yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. And then sort of right, right. takes you, you do one... think that first time. You're yeah. like, oh, that's nice of her. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, and knowing that like Willow has already, you know, she's over the moon about being uh her boyfriend being in the band right for the dance she's a groupie and 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 buffy's already stated she's not going to this dance so it's okay willow's already occupied why don't we just hang out you know since now you're not doing anything because you just got broken up with and then it's like that one step over the line to the well and there's yeah i mean the first time you for a second you just think she's being a good friend and then there is that second where I mean, I think, too, it plays into that sort of moment they had in the last episode where things almost go there for a second and then they part. You, you know, where you kind of think, okay, they're having one of those sort of pregnant pauses again. Right. And then it goes further and you realize, oh, right. no. <laughs> Xander makes an awkward sexual joke and then yeah. Buffy's... And, and like, Buffy doesn't responds roll her eyes. Yeah. seriously yeah. to it, right? Yeah. Like, and he's like, "Whoa, wait a minute! Is everything that I ever dreamed about suddenly coming true?" Yeah. And, but this isn't the moment that he realizes that the spell has gone wrong because right. then Amy interrupts, calls him out in the hallway, and it's not until she repeats the same exact line. Well, and that's what I was wondering because at first, because that's definitely how I took it the first time was like he doesn't realize when it's Buffy just hitting on him. Right. He doesn't realize at first what's going on until Amy comes. And then he realizes, oh, it's the spell. Mm-hmm. Um, then I wondered, like, okay, how, when, at what point did he catch on? And was there a moment where he was sort of tempted to go there, even though he knows she's not in her right mind? But... But I think that's probably right. I think the first instinct, which is that when it's just Buffy, 
he doesn't know and he's just not initially you know, now later yeah. when buffy comes back and later, is really yeah. coming on to him right and at that point he's sort of he's figured trying it out to kind of you know uh stop her from going any further right before she gets turned into a rat yes um yeah no it's 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 that it's the repetition of that line and the sudden realization that this sort of thing doesn't happen to guys like me you know, like the the, I don't get beautiful women wanting to spend all of their time with me. You know, at any particular given moment. <laughs> um, well, that's not true because he's got Cordy. Well, he does have Cordy, um, but but, but it's, it, it's not. It goes back to the what's in front of your face thing too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's the. You're right. Well, like, I think, I, well, yeah, and I don't mean to like say Charisma Carpenter isn't a beautiful woman or anything. No, no, but, but I think I think what the tip off is. This sort of thing doesn't happen with Buffy. Right. And, you know, and she's made well, that clear and he knows it. And also, what is he, he, he's had no, I mean, other than we know of, other than the fact that he grew up in the same town with her, we don't know of any other interaction he's ever had with Amy, right? Right. I mean, since the beginning of season one, <laughs> you know, like. Right, right. Even if she's been around, it clearly hasn't been in relation to the Scooby group at all. And, you know, we know that Amy and Willow were friends when they were younger. So, yeah, you know, they're probably aware of each other's presence. But it's not like, <coughs> excuse me, it's not like Xander and Amy have been hanging out or anything. So, yeah. like, for her to come on to him all of a sudden, especially when he just tried to blackmail her into helping yeah. him out. Like, that's that's the weird thing, too. So it's... Yeah, it's all these, you know, it's all these little clues. It's it's the sort of, yeah, this just, this doesn't happen to me on a normal day. So what's going wrong here? <laughs> and the realization that, wait a minute, okay, yes, and they just said the same line. And now I'm yeah. remembering there's this potion thing going along, which clearly didn't work for Cordy. Why didn't it work for Cordy? Well, apparently it worked for these other women. Yeah. And then it, yeah quickly escalates to oh it's like every woman every woman except and I like, the one i, I like, want i like the escalating mounting like mm -hmm. hysteria that it starts out very subtle and then it just gets more and more intense as the episode like the frenzy and everything yeah um, no well yeah because then it it goes from you know the girls in his peer group yeah. right to like all of the girls in like his grade or even all of the students in the school who yeah. are kind of like eyeing him. And then yeah. it's like the teachers. It's Jenny. Yeah. Right. You know, right. feeling his material <laughs> yeah. to use a Seinfeld reference, you know, and it, it, you know, I love, <laughs> and it's like, as he's explaining to Giles, like, yeah, so there's this thing going on that yeah. I kind of created. No, I'm, I'm twice the fool to have done this. <laughs> um, and, and I like to, it's just as Jenny's coming to, I'm not going to take no for an answer, Giles, we're going to talk about this. But Right. Oh, yeah, but, right. She's oh, coming she's to talk to him about. So it's like, you wonder, because Giles gets really pissed off at Xander, and yeah. rightfully so. I mean, I think Xander needed a good lecture. Kick but also pants. you wonder yeah. how much of that is Giles' like frustration, like, I was just <laughs> about to have like a really good conversation with Jenny, you, it, you moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they've, and... Clearly, they've had their things they've needed to work through in their relationship, or lack thereof at this point. Um, but yeah, it's 
<laughs> it is funny because, and then you get, right, you get the the girls who, um, you know, Cordy's friends who were so hard on her for dating Xander, suddenly turning around and, and being all, well, Xander's wounded because yeah, of you. Yeah, how could you do that to him and, and that. Um, and then Buffy's mom. Yeah. Yeah. They they run away because now oh well well we didn't even talk about Willow but we're gonna talk about we gotta talk oh, about yeah. Willow yeah. but um, you know he tries to run home and that's why he ends up going back to school is because he runs home and finds Willow pantsless in his bed right um, which you know I, yeah he isn't comfortable with that so yeah um, yeah so Buffy's mom I just love the 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 um, giving up moment that he has the, and he just the, the greatest head desk yes. in the history of head desks. He's, he's just like i i feel like you want something hot yeah <laughs> oh god of course of course buffy's mom oh but right um, and like how i don't know I, that always amazes me how writers get you to not see the joke coming how do you right. forget that Right. Okay, Joyce is a woman too. It's gonna right. but well, you it do. Is. That is. They it's... get home and you it's okay, it's Joyce, it's mom. We're right. comfortable with it's mom. Just the friends and she's gonna get yeah. him some tea and then it happens and you're like, I should have seen that coming a mile away and, and I didn't you did. and it's hilarious. And then they get you again yeah. with with Drusilla. Yes. Because yeah. you know, you get Angel pulling out and you're not even yeah. thinking Drusilla at this point, and right. she shows up and suddenly she's threatening Angel. Not yeah. to kill Xander because right. he belongs to her. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, no. The, and, of course, by that time, you've got the town in an uproar. They're carrying weapons. Right. And... The, the lunch ladies are coming through the door. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love the lunch lady with the, with the like, pen, the rolling with the pen. the rolling pen, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a hilariously escalating episode. Um, and, of course, that's... All of that is also, I think, part of what helps Cordelia to see what uh-huh. she likes in Xander. It's like, wait a minute, no, it's this is my boyfriend. Well, right. former. I want all these other girls. Yeah, former. Him, like, Le- leave my boyfriend him. alone. Yeah. Former boyfriend, yeah. but he's still kind of my boyfriend. Like it's, yeah. you know, no, he's still mine in some way, shape, or form that right. you guys can't have him in, and and it's that possessiveness i think that helps her to get to that point ultimately of realizing that she does actually in fact want to be with him yeah um (laughs) well and it kind of goes with the whole idea of the sheep like that they're all like driven by this obsessive crowd mentality for something they don't really care about whereas cordy's the only one who actually likes xander right in that moment you know the girls are all under, like, you know, this magical influence. And Cordy's the one saying, actually, I want to be with him. You can't have him, you know. So it actually kind of fits in with that whole speech of hers to Harmony at the end, I think. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Um, and, well, and, and of course, there's Willow, who's sort of always liked him all along, but now has finally yeah. been able to move on. Because she has a boyfriend of her own, but then... This is going to set her, like, oh, yeah. three steps back. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, don't don't worry about Oz. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Oz. 
Yeah, she well, gets... Well, and it's, it, it is kind of poignant at the end that she doesn't really... We don't see her again after the spell breaks. Right, we just get she, Buffy's explanation. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that this is going to take her a while. So you do get that idea that, like, this was... Because they all remember doing it, even if they had no control. So, right. poor Willow. Poor Willow. Poor Willow. Um, and it's a bummer. And of course, she's the one with the axe. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I. And and I was just thinking about that because, like, you compare the way that Xander reacts to Buffy, which is, oh God, I really want to. Yeah. But I shouldn't. Yeah. Versus the way he reacts to Willow, which is, oh, my God, you're Willow. I need to step back and stay away yeah. from you. Yeah. Um, so, he, I mean, and not that we would have any reason to not think this way. But, yeah, like, he's clearly, you know, he's he still thinks of Willow as, you know, his five-year-old friend, right? Like, it, you yeah. know, she's not a woman. She's not a potential mate. She's just mm-hmm. Willow, <laughs> you know. Right. Um so yeah, so I I I think that's that's a hard part too. Like not that he rejects her while she's under a spell, but it's sort of the way he does it. And yeah. the and the way that Right. You get more of the Yeah, you're right. With Buffy it is more the oh I wish, but I can't. Where it, with right. Buffy it's more like ew, ick, girl cooties in my bed. With kind of. Willow, like, not Willow, that's, yeah. With that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Not um, and not that strongly, but it has more of that flavor of like, more of like a, a little boy sort of, you know. Yeah, o- almost like reacting. your sister. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's a, it's a very, yeah, platonic sort of thing for him. Right. Although um, he does have that line in there about, and maybe he's just starting, sort of trying to, placate her or something. But he has that line about it's not that I don't find you sexy. Um, but he doesn't quite finish the sentence about, okay, well, what is it then? You know, because mm. you, you imagine if Willow was thinking straight, she'd say, okay, you know, if it's not that you don't find me sexy, then what's the problem? You know? Right. Well, and we've already got, you know, and we don't, she doesn't quite have a satisfactory answer to that other than it just isn't there, whatever it is, you know, yeah. that that's just not how Xander thinks of her. Well, and you you even referred to, you know, a couple weeks ago when Willow finds out about Xander and Cordy. And, um, you know, so we've already sort of gotten the confession, right? The the blurted how she's been feeling all along of it's that you'd rather be with her, you know, with someone you hate Mm -hmm. than be with me. Um, I'm not sure that Xander's thinking about that at this point, but. He should be like, you know, it should be something that is sort of in the mix of his emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm not sure that it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, but. Yeah, two very different reactions to that. I mean, like sort of all the other women who are after him. OK, they're just like other women to him. You know what I mean? Like not mm-hmm. like whatever's. But those those two specifically, you know, we've already known and seen sort of how he wants to feel and be with Buffy. But, um, yeah, with Willow, it's it's just – you're just Willow. You're just my bud. You're just my yeah. friend. 
<sighs> but anyway. And then Drew comes and, along. Well, I was going to say, and then Oz gets a punch oh, for Oz, her yeah. to, her, to defend her honor. <laughs> I, I, love, I love how Oz is sort of confused by the fact that he wants to punch Xander. He's like, yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. I just had this urge to hit you. you know? Yeah, like this, I, I think this is what a guy is supposed to do, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, when my girlfriend calls me up, crying yeah. about some other man i feel like i need to hit you for some reason yeah and, and then and I, he helps him up <laughs> you're right yeah and i always wondered like because i don't think i mean like none of the other men in the episode well giles are there other men in the episode at all anywhere like no one no male people seem to be uh affected by the spell and i remember the first time i watched that I, wouldn't that be I, great if larry turned up i wonder <laughs> yeah that would have been funny um but uh yeah like it you, you just sort of get this sense of like it really is just about the willow called me up crying and that made me angry my normal right. you know like I, zen like I self saying. yeah it doesn't like make the men super aggressive or competitive for the women like it doesn't seem to have the opposite effect on the men or anything they're no. just sort of but there behaving is behaving normally other than their sort of frustration with the situation which is pretty understandable yeah well right exactly but it's not, and but it's not magically and like you were talking about with giles er, earlier like he's angry with xander you know because he's messing around with magic but also because of how the magic affected jenny like yeah, yeah. it's it's not it's not entirely a pure reaction to the magic from Giles's part. It's well, and the, Buffy too. Like, you know, and you're Buffy get too. But seriously, I mean, Buffy was fine. But like, if you lost Buffy because she got turned into a rat because Xander screwed around with, like, right. that's a really crap way for the Slayer to go. Right. You know, right. that's not the, the end Buffy deserves. So. Yeah, but you get the feeling that there's. In Giles, there's more of a frustration related to Jenny than with Buffy. I mean, when Buffy yeah, gets yeah, yeah. turned into a rat, certainly that's irritating on that part, too. And you're right, like, certainly makes her more vulnerable than she should be. But, um, yeah, it, it's that it's that you're messing with my woman, even though they're not together yeah. either. You know what I mean? Like, it's, right, it's yeah. that it's that kind of, um, yeah, that that, well wait a minute, stop encroaching. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, this is, this is not for you. And I mean, and of course there's student teacher stuff going on there too. That obviously yeah. is a, a, a no, no, but, um, yeah. Anyway. So I do, I do love the line. We have to catch the Buffy rat. <laughs> we have to catch the Buffy rat. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. That's great. Um, what, so, and, okay, all of that ends up working out. They blame it on a scavenger hunt, which is kind of a weird... <laughs> which, I, again, <laughs> another great line. I love Buffy's thing about Joyce repressing. Because, oh, yes. Because, I mean, we've been talking about this for so long. And Buffy, I think, is finally catching up to the audience with, like, when is Joyce going to, like, put all this information together? Right. And should I really be worried about the fact that she's not... Right. Right, you know, and we she's and we've seen not understanding. Right, and now we've seen enough characters who do kind of piece things together or yeah. learn bits of it. Like, well, Cordy would be one, right. and Oz, Cordy and Oz, um, yeah. but also like Ford, 
who yeah. did it mm-hmm. without the help of the Scoobies. Yeah. Um, you know, so, th- you know, there's certainly, there's certainly some other characters who have pieced it together, but you're right. It, it almost seems like it's willful ignorance on Joyce's part right. at this well, point. Well, that's like, what Buffy seems to be saying at this yeah, point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you have to wonder at what point, if any, the edges are going to finally give way and, and things come rushing in, <laughs> yeah. you know, to Joyce's conscious uh, awareness. But right. it, or does, it hasn't or does, yet. Or does Buffy take it into her own hands and decide to yeah. sort of let her in? Like, when does it get so dangerous that I'm going to have to say something, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that could be too. I won't say one way or the other if either of those things happen or neither happen. Um, Maybe Joyce remains blissfully ignorant, but we'll see. That also could happen. Um, And then there's one other relationship or two others or not sure how do we count it between (laughs) Spike and Angel and Drew going on there. Um, (laughs) I feel like we need to talk about in the last couple minutes here anyway. Um, Yeah. And you've noted before sort of the weird incestuous vampire Mm -hmm. thing going on. Um, Yeah, so Angel, we're told, is prone to brutal displays around Mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. He he seems to take the more massacre aspect of the day than than the, uh, you know, loving aspect. Although, from the way, way Giles described it, it's sort of like the two are confused. A bit. Absolutely, because, yeah, I mean, it's not a mass, it's not about mass destruction. It's about finding your, your one target and Mm -hmm. sort of courting her in the same way you, you know, courting her with threats and violence rather than with, like, gifts, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, that's what he gives her is, is a threat. Right. Um. And he gives to Drusilla a heart. Yeah, uh, that he found at, in a, in a that's, shop girl. That's the quaint little shop girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is still warm, apparently. She uh, she likes it. She enjoys it, and uh, yeah. Spike doesn't so much. No, no, Spike went I, the more traditional route. <laughs> well, I was gonna say there's there's a certain correspondence between. The necklace Spike gives right. uh, right. Drew, getting... and and the necklace that Xander gives yeah. to Cordelia, yeah. um, a certain res- a certain resonance there, yeah. yeah. And and you notice that Drew says, "Angel always knows what speaks to a girl's heart." Yeah, she doesn't really say much about Spike's gift. No, no. Um, oh, poor Spike. So yeah, and and you know he's expecting that because. The way he even gives it to her, it's like he knows he's going to get, like, he says it with so, like, little enthusiasm. It's like he's almost given up trying, really, mm-hmm. with, like, it's like in this competition with Angel, he just knows. So the way he kind of just gives it, fancy it, pet, like, like, I don't think he really is expecting a lot of affection back at this point. I think they're sort of... Well, day in the sun has passed a little bit. Maybe. And yeah, it's, I mean, there's a couple things going on there. One, he's, we see that he's still in a weakened state. So 
you know, there's the there's the whole sort of emasculating thing going on there. But yeah, like um, Angel is definitely more of the alpha personality Mm -hmm. than than Spike, at least at this point, seems to have. So and even before, like, I mean, Spike to this point seems more like the wild card, right? Like he he he's not a leader in the Mm -hmm. way that like you might think of an alpha personality to be. He's he's sort of his own uh like Angel's the kind of guy you get can you feel could get other vampires to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we haven't really seen him in that role. Right. Spike just gets frustrated with everyone else and just kind of does his own thing. You know what right. I mean? Like Right. He's more scrappy than that, I think. Yeah, well, and it just seems like okay, yeah, like there was the whole assembling of the judge and they kind of had their minions there, but you know, they end, they they seem to just like end up killing everyone who like works for them. <laughs> like, right. you know, he killed yeah. the anointed one. He killed, you know, various underlings of the anointed one. He's had his own people killed. Like, you know, he's just kind of like, eh. anything that's going to happen, Spike wants to be involved, and if he's not involved, he's not interested. Kind of thing. Right. Um, right. So I think, and and I think like this sort of organized destruction that angel has in mind isn't very appealing to spike i think spike is more about the moment and what's fun and yeah and, and, and he's more chaotic and, and more about action and what are we doing right and, you know all this kind of sitting around and teasing buffy and like no just go rip her lungs out like really right what are you sitting what are you waiting for right right and so. we get that line where uh well you know why why can't there be poetry in in the destruction, right? What rhymes right. with lungs? Yeah, <laughs> he says. So, um, which I think is a, a, you know, you could look at that as sort of along with the romantic stuff. You know, he, he he's he is more of the the feeler, right? He's not the thinker. He's he's mm-hmm. he's a doer. What's what am I excited about at this particular moment? And that's right. kind of like what you were saying. So. You know, where, where's the poetry? And there can be poetry in it. And if there's not, well, then I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. They're, they're very so, weird, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying their little three-way dynamic. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, we'll obviously get more of them. This episode was based more around Cordy and Xander, obviously. So. Um, you know, they, they were just kind of the, you know, at the end there anyway, the, uh, mm-hmm. final escalation, so to speak. Um, oh, I did think it was interesting. They reminded us that, that about the rules of vampires going inside that Drew can't go in. Yes. Um, but Angel reaches in the window and pulls out yeah. Xander. So does that mean now that Angel's been invited in, he can go in and out? Right. Cause he much. He was already invited in, so the, right. the so that's a standing invitation, right? Because he deal. was still a va- right, so he still had to be invited, and it it was a very quick moment. Um, so I don't even know, like I can't even remember which episode it was, but it was um, where where Buffy and Angel were running away from like other vampires and. Mm-hmm. Um, like real quickly, Buffy opens the door and says, "Come in," 
like, you know, come inside or whatever. Oh, right. yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. It, it was a very brief. So it wasn't like a momentous thing. Like I invite right, you into right. my house, but that was enough. And, and we've seen, you know, we've seen him in her house before, but yeah, the, the removal of the soul doesn't remove the invitation in any way. Like, so that's not good. That isn't he good. He can just go in her window whenever he wants. That seems to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not happy with that. Buffy. No, Start no. Blocking that window. Right. We'll see what happens there. Well, it was nailed shut at one point, but I guess she opened it since then. Ted nailed it shut. Right. <laughs> I beg to differ. I think, if I, I think if I was Buffy, I'd be nailing that shut. Or yeah. moving to a different house or something. Well, yeah, that that, that could be it, too. Um, anyway. So, but I felt like that was a little, it, that was yes. a little reminder there that made me yes. go, ooh, that's not good. And that that if she's not careful, that's going to come back. No, right. Um, and and we even get um, we even get Angel, you know, saying, "Oh, I was expecting to find Buffy, but this is better. Like now yeah. I can now I can play some more. You know, right. it's it's right. it's right because he's had that line about it's about finding the bodies of all your friends, and he hasn't right. really done that yet. Or no. here he tries and gets you know distracted. You know, Drew gets in his way, but um. But the threat still stands. Like, at what point is are is are we going to start? You know, I hope we don't start. I don't. Know, I don't think Sandra or Willow or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that threat is going to come around at some point. You know. Yep. So. Yeah. Very well, May. But no, I think that was that's a good point to pick up on, and and I'm glad you mentioned that because it it definitely is something that needs to be remembered about who can and cannot enter whose house. Yeah. Um, anyway. So I guess that's it for that. Yeah, I know it was, it was a fun episode. It's a good episode. Um, and yeah, like you said, weren't expecting, you weren't expecting, uh, Xander and Cordy to be together at the end. Uh Right. Uh-huh. So um, I've got a corollary with the runaway bride All right. because I was totally expecting that Donna was going to get into the TARDIS at the end with the doctor and, and she would be. And I don't know. See, we've talked about this sort of cognitive dissonance we had before. I know there are other companions. Yeah. I know some of their names. Uh-huh. I don't know that I could name them all offhand and I won't try. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to remember as we were getting into the episode here of Doctor Who right. with Donna whether or not she was a companion. Whether I couldn't remember if that was a name I remembered as someone who is a companion. Yeah. But then I was also thinking like, well, what what is a companion anyway? Like what uh-huh. is what is that definition of a companion? Is it someone who takes a ride in the TARDIS? Because Donna doesn't mean to she gets beamed up right or at least right at least initially yeah initially right she doesn't um so like what is what does that mean does that make her a companion is is someone who rides in the tardis a companion is does that make jackie a companion even though she rode like all of like a mile or two in Mm -hmm. london in the tardis you know like i don't well you know like yeah, where is that line? And and I guess I would mean Jackie or not Jackie, Mickey and 
well, Jack um, mm-hmm. would also be considered companions, perhaps, uh, if we were to go by that definition. But I guess, I guess I would sort of. I don't know if you know better, or I mean, I'm sure you have a better perspective on what other people consider companions. I mean, like obviously. And and one of the reasons I was thinking about this, obviously, is because we've had one clear companion, Rose, yeah. from the first episode for two full seasons. So mm-hmm. now, what does being a companion mean? Because she's gone. Right, right. And, and I don't know. But like I, like <laughs> I said, like I, I was fully expecting Donna yeah. to be... Whatever definition we figure out for a companion, if we can you, figure well, one you out, expected her to... I expected her to be in the TARDIS yes, at I'm the end of the episode, yeah. and yeah. we will see you at the beginning of the next episode, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and clearly that doesn't happen. Um, nope. So, sort of the inverse of of your expectation for Buffy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here. Yeah. Um, well, as as far as the defining the companions i mean i think that it sort of depends on what are what are you talking about at any given time it's kind of semantics like you know you can i i would say that the 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 definition can be as strict or as loose as you sort of need it to be you know Mm -hmm. so i i think there are kind of tiers of companions there are the kind of indisputable full-time you know spend several episodes or seasons you know with the doctor traveling they're clear you know rose obviously is in this sort of top tier of nobody would deny that and we've seen sarah jane who was a companion in the past who did it for however many years whatever like they're clearly full-time you know top tier companions i guess and then there would be people I would put, you know, the the Mickeys, the Jacks, the, the Jackies would be more a tier below that. Like, are they are they in every single episode? Are they living in the TARDIS? Are they, you know, well, no, you know, they they're either there for a brief time like Jack or maybe they come and go like Mickey or whatever. Yeah. Um, so well, and there's all, so they all... are companions, but they're not necessarily in that that short list of major yeah. companions. And then there would be the people who maybe are the companion for a single episode. Or maybe like Linda with a Y who kind of served the function of a companion but never actually went there. So yeah. I would say there are different levels and it sort of depends on, you know, if you're talking about companions, well, do you mean the the full-time ones or do you mean anybody who's ridden in the TARDIS or who's allied with the doctor in an episode. So, you know, it, it's a little bit of an argument of semantics and the term can be, people will apply it in different ways depending on, yeah. you know, so, you know, does this one episode make Donna in the same category as Rose? Not necessarily, but is Donna the companion for this episode? She sure is. I think. Yeah. Um, so it sort of depends on how you want to define it at any given time. Um, and and what I was going to add was that there seems to be an invitational aspect to it too, right? Which yeah, we don't 
get with yeah. uh, Donna until the very end, kind of. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like because she's being there, and obviously we see the confusion on both of their faces of what, 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 where am I? What's going on? You know the the. I mean, it's sort of companion by concert by circumstances circumstances <laughs> companion yeah. by circumstances be yeah. bothered um no uh the the you know throughout the episode until the very end where you get that well maybe you want to come with me you know mm-hmm. maybe you want to see more but then she rejects him and so yeah. like well so, it's a lot the episode is a lot like rose the the first episode with with rose and that Mm-hmm. It kind of starts more circumstantial and more sort of belligerent. And at the end, they're kind of friends, you know. But, of course, Donna's answer is very different than or at least, answer. Yeah, come to have a mutual understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at um, least not as belligerent as it started. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, that that was sort of some of the questions I was thinking about as I was watching it was, yeah, what does it mean to be a companion? Who do we get to call companions? And, and not that I was necessarily looking for a bright line answer, cause that would be too unusual for a doctor who discussion. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I think you've hit some good points there just with, like I can, I can see what you're saying. Like how there are sort of a couple different tiers, and and I guess, I guess my question would be too is like, do you ever have more than one sort of like of the full time Rose type companion, or or does In it the, tend to just be? Well, I mean, I, I guess I'm asking for classic who mostly classic because who, yes, yes, you you do get that. So you get yeah. people who live and ride in the TARDIS. At the same time. At the yep. same time. Yeah. All together. Yep. That is in the his that there would be, you know, I mean, the first doctor in his first episode had the the granddaughter who's sort of the traditional young female companion, but it also starts with her two school teachers getting in the TARDIS and the doctor flies off with them in the TARDIS and that's okay. the start of the show. So you have a kind of a group of people, um, like two adults a man and a woman and a, a a young girl and the doctor. So, and then there've been other times where it's been more of an ensemble thing where you'd have the doctor and two or three different people more like, um, like the doctor when he had Rose and Mickey and Jack, but almost maybe if they did a whole season of that rather than just an episode, have kind of a little ensemble team rather than, you know, just the one, um, just the one sort of front companion, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that is not, you know, that is in the history of the show. So it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility for the new show. Um, cause that's not unprecedented. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So back to this particular episode, I guess, <laughs> um, and as as Catherine, I think I told you this. As Catherine Tate, the actress who played Donna, joked in the behind the scenes, whether or not she is a companion depends on which gets her higher status at the Doctor Who conventions. So, <laughs> right, if, right. If being a companion means she gets a higher rank, then she'll take it. But if 
if it's more unusual and quirky to be not a real companion, then she'll take that. So that's her position on it. <laughs> I, a very official opinion, uh, opinion yeah, yeah. to sound like. Yeah. Um, man, I am having a time talking tonight. So the, uh, well, okay, so let's talk about Donna um, specifically then first, because she's very loud and shouty. She is. Um, she's very loud. And, and <laughs> likes to say oi a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's very and, cockney and very and, loud and, yeah. Yeah, and she likes to uh, slap the doctor. Yeah. Uh, several yeah, none, several times in this episode. None of the, I mean, I think Rose is pretty good at, you know, arguing with the, she doesn't just accept everything. She'll argue with him, she'll put him in his place, but Donna just slaps him. That, you know, you get yeah. a run of techno babble and she's not having any of it. Yeah, she's not, she's not so much with the, long-winded explanations yeah and and the techno babble right she she just wants things plain and simple and even then well lance isn't too nice to her when she doesn't seem to understand what's going on although in all fairness to donna um i mean she may not have the most scientific understanding of the world or even science fictional understanding of the world (laughs) but you know she has a lot of emotions going on <laughs> in this particular day uh, yeah. in which... Well, and that's what I was thinking, like, okay, yeah, she does kind of flip at the doctor, but can you blame her? Like, she just got teleported out of her own wedding. I think she kind of wants to get back there, and so yeah. you have to forgive her a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, right, this isn't necessarily what she's like every day of the year, or either even of her life, I mean... Right. Um, so there is some of that, I'm sure, but, um, nonetheless, you do sort of see the way her family treats her. Yeah. Because when she does disappear, it's, oh, what has she done this time? Like, yeah. I mean, it's, which, I mean, right. talk she about, must, like, victim blaming. She must attention to herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk, talk about victim blaming. Like, this is like, she literally had nothing to do with this. And not not only did she not have anything to do with what happened to her, but it's actually been a long-term conspiracy against her. Yeah. That is what caused her to get, uh, you know, beamed out of her own wedding. So it's not like, yeah, I mean, but... The fact that her family thinks it's possible that she had pulled some sort of stunt does kind of tell you that maybe, you know, she's more like this than not (laughs) at other times as well. So, like, yeah, she seems to be someone who knows how to manipulate things to get her away, such Mm -hmm. as the crying with the the wink. The the, the difficult questions start coming and we're just going to burst into some fake tears to deflect them. Um, And that sort of thing. Or the, you know, while the doctor's off getting money and whatever, she begs 10 bucks off of, or 10 quid or whatever you want to call it, off of someone else and leaves him in the lurch, so to speak. Yeah. Um, Or thinks she does. Of course, she's getting into the lurch, apparently. Right. so, yeah, I mean... No, like, a you, lot of what we find out about Donna, I think, is kind of through other people, whether it's um, 
and it's not well it is and it isn't because I mean I was gonna say a lot of what we find out is based on what other people say about her so mm -hmm. like the way like you said her family kind of just assumes that this is all like a, a stunt to get well, attention or or Lance is awfully cruel little, yeah. Well, like, yeah. you know you know what he says about her and everything but then so part of it is like you know okay do we do we believe that about her because that's what everyone says but but then I think she you know proves herself enough that you know we get to see some other sides to her too so I don't think we can just believe everything that her family and Lance no, say I, about her. Well, yeah, no, I don't think you can. But that doesn't mean that there's not elements of truth in them as well. Right, right. Yeah, and it's hard to pick out which is which because she, well, like I said, she, her, yeah. she, she is, in this episode, she is manipulative and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, refuses to do things the doctor tells her just because she doesn't understand what's going on like it's it yeah takes a while for her to get to the point and does yeah. she ever even she doesn't really fully get to the point where she trusts him completely because she doesn't go with him at the end right. so like i mean right clearly that's that's her although i think you know she's certainly closer to it by the end than at the beginning but i mean mm -hmm. her immediate her immediate thought is not certainly one of generosity when it's, why have you abducted me? And, oh, <laughs> there's a sweater here. Clearly that means you've abducted other women before. Like, yeah. you know, the willingness to jump to the worst possible conclusion, yeah. uh, you know, seems to be a part of her personality. Um, except for when it comes to Lance, when she can't seem to believe that he would, no. you know, I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, it's hard. I mean, she's a hard one to peg, like, and maybe not that I'm saying we necessarily have to peg her, but it's, her personality is definitely one of, one that keeps you guessing throughout the episode of, mm -hmm. you know, exactly what is her motivations here. Obviously, she wants to get married, but, you know, I don't know, like, she seems to love Lance and she says she does. And, and I think we can believe that. But at the same time, there's a lot of me, me, me in this episode too. Mm -hmm. And it's my wedding day and whatever. But then right. again, well, and that whole, and that whole, you know, montage of her begging him to marry her. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. As she's telling the doctor that it was the other way around. He nagged me. Yeah. 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 Um, but on the other hand, then you see scenes like of her family, well, you know, they have the reception without her. Mm -hmm. It seems pretty justified in being angry in yeah. that scenario. Like, I I can understand why she might get upset at that. Yeah. You know, like, you didn't even wait. You didn't even try to find me. You just yeah. went and had the reception. And then, like, her maid of honor or whoever it was was like, well, what were we going to do? Like, everything yeah. was already paid for, so why not? You know, it's yeah. like, What? <laughs> I mean, so right. it, it, it's well, a chicken and, and egg and, problem I mean, because she, you don't know where it all began. Is it because she grew up in this family that treats each other this way? Right. Which is why, you know, maybe that's why she became this way. Or is it because the family has put up with her so long, like right. now they're just like whatever and 
you yeah. know. She'll show up eventually. She yeah. reminds me of Cordy in that way, that, like, there is the kind of self-centeredness, but also what's that a symptom of? You know, like, is that pointing to other, you know, issues than just self-centeredness? That, like you said, like, maybe it has to do with, you know, if if you live in a family where this is the reaction if you go missing, then maybe that's why it's all about me, 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 because you sort of need to sort of assert yourself in that way. Yeah, and but, you learn to manipulate people, Yeah, you know, in ways that you want, almost in a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, you know, it's... No, I'm, and I mean, we're just, uh, obviously, it's speculative at this point because um, we don't know that much about the family dynamic. Yeah. So we're but, just sort of given the little snapshot. But we do get that one um, sort of assessment from the doctor when he says, that big picture, Donna, you keep missing it. You know, it's, <laughs> and that does seem to be the case. Like it, yeah. Yeah. she, I mean, she does have a self-centered myopic point of view. And, and that's, it's, a, it's a much gentler way of saying what Lance says about, you know, it's all about. Well, yeah, he's, you know, he's kind of a dick, but dick, yeah. Lance is a huge dick, but, but, well, but, um, it's not, I think her being sort of obsessed with celebrities and, you know, like he says, the new flavor of Pringle and texting and shopping, you know, all these sort yeah. of shallow, I guess, things, you know, that that's, that's kind of what the doctor's saying with you you're missing the big picture. You know, I mean, now he's talking right. about she freaking didn't realize that, you know, the Cybermen had invaded. Like, you know, like, that's right, a pretty right. big picture to not realize. Yeah, but no. I think she does And, and have, multiple times of... Yes. of she was remember, hung over Yeah, remember Christmas last Christmas last when, when there was yeah. a huge spaceship right over the center of London? <laughs> like, oh, I was a bit hung over. I was hung over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She doesn't like Christmas anyway. And and then, <laughs> you know, talking about, oh, well, you know, you can you can reschedule your wedding. And, hey, you still get to go on a honeymoon. Well, it's only a holiday now. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, this kind of stuff. It's like, well, and it, people would still love to go to Morocco. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Granted, this was an unusual situation. You got beamed up to a spaceship in the middle of your wedding. I understand why that might be upsetting. Still get to go on yeah. your honeymoon. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Why not just accept it and set a new date? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No, she is definitely leading a myopic and shallow life, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be. And and so I guess that question comes up at the end then of why is she not willing? To go with the doctor. Is it... I mean, we get what she says about being terrified of him, which Mm -hmm. is understandable after seeing him. And we'll talk about the doctor in a minute because we have to. Um, You know, understandable that she would be scared of him after the way he treats the Rachnos. And not saying the Rachnos doesn't deserve to be treated that way, but he does get a little sadistic enjoyment, it seems, out of of that. but also, like, is she really scared? I mean, she, she, you know, he says it's so beautiful out there, and she says it, but it's also terrifying. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. it's not just him that she's scared of. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. the standing at the edge of the TARDIS peering into space. You yeah. know, that's... Yeah, that's... when you get that sense of, like... It, it, she doesn't have that same... I mean, it, the more I think about it, it is very parallel to Rose. From, you know, Rose's whole thing of go to work, eat chips, come home, go to sleep, do it all again. Is that all? Like, that's the life that Donna's living, right? And that's the life that Rose was living. But you got that idea that with Rose, there was... She knew she was in a rut, and she was hungry for something else. Whereas Donna's not expecting that, and not necessarily aware of her own narrow way of life and and when she's shown it it's too much too soon and it's like wait a minute you know and she seems and and she is changed at the end i think she there is a sense of i could be doing more i could be seeing more i'm not taking advantage of my own life but not enough to get back in that box and go traveling with you right well yeah and that's that's sort of where I was going to go too. Is that she does seem, um, you know, she talks about right, like wanting to travel and wanting to go see more things. But like, you get the feeling that she's never gonna, other than the brief moment where she was beamed up into the TARDIS, and you know, the few moments where the Doctor takes her around in this particular episode, she's not ever going to get off of Earth again. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is like her idea of of looking around and broadening her mind is all still terrestrial, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, we're not talking about going to see a supernova or, you know, visiting millions of years ago when the dinosaurs roamed the earth, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely, um, or, you know, the fourth human empire or whatever it was that we saw, you know, before, like, these are not these are not things that will ever be in her true realm of experience um and even when she was looking at the furthest back the doctor ever went to see the creation of the earth she wasn't happy about it she wasn't like this is so amazing the way that rose was with Mm -hmm. sites like that you know it was it was a can't we just get back and not you know have to deal with this because it's my wedding day still i don't know i don't know that i agree with that um no no because i mean i think at first because it's right after that scene where he has sort of put her down and so she's sort of you know in tears and ready to sort of she says like go back to her bed but i think i think like the growth that she does show is a lot because of that scene of them looking you know sort of at the earth and she says like he tells her about how far back in time and how you know this planet you know came to be and all these you know all these things which had to happen for you know she says like I came out of all this and and she says it puts the wedding in perspective and I think that's her seeing okay there is a bigger picture than my wedding you know and not that she shouldn't be upset about what's happened or feel you know, let down, but there is more to the world than the way I've been living it. Um, yeah, to a certain extent, but I don't I know. I mean, again, again, not so much that she goes with him, 
But I think enough. I see what you're saying. In the right direction. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a particular response to that. I think. I think you're. I think you're right. Um, Maybe I wasn't giving her as much credit (laughs) for that. But um, yeah. I, I, I mean. She is loud and annoying, but I don't necessarily dislike Donna, even in the way that I sort of initially disliked Mickey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, so, I mean, I do think that she that she does see some growth in this episode. Um, but again, there's just I mean, it, she's not ever going to be like Rose, right? She's not ever going to, um, you know, be the one to just hop in the TARDIS and and go wherever so mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know i guess maybe that's enough or maybe it's enough that she's at least willing to not be a temp anymore and sort of explore her own world i mean certainly people can get a lifetime of experience and enjoyment out of that so maybe that's maybe that's all that needs to be done maybe but, but anyway well, a, I, I do think she shows, I mean, besides her own sort of personal growth, I think she also shows a great deal of insight into the doctor. So yeah. maybe we can start talking about him because I think what he does in this episode and what she says about it is pretty important. So Okay. Any particular moment you have in mind? Uh, my favorite scene. I well, I said to you, I have two. I like this episode a lot, actually. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think in general, it's just sort of fun. But if I didn't like it already, there are two scenes in this which are I haven't officially made a list, but I would I would imagine if I were to make a list of favorite scenes of all time, two from this episode would be in there. One would be the the TARDIS chasing the taxi down the street, which <laughs> is like my favorite five minutes of just pure joy ever. I just love it. Um, okay. I love everything about it. And, um, but the other one, which is a little bit more profound is, uh, the final scene of him dropping her off. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, I just think it's wonderfully acted by the pair of them. And, and I like, I mean, I like the surprise of her saying no, you know, that right. you don't necessarily... So there's kind of that unexpected element. But then also, you know, for just a short time of being with him, you know, she kind of gives us some new insight into the doctor. I mean, I don't know what, what if you have things before I start telling you what I think, but... Um, because you're just sort of watching it for the first time, but yeah, I I mean, so as far as insight into his personality, well, so here, I mean, the one the one of the things, I mean, I think there's a lot packed into that last scene, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, one of the major things I think is that we've we've heard several times this idea of the doctor's loneliness, um, you know, that that's we're not that's not a new idea. Um, and we've had Rose say that, but I feel like with Rose, it was more of a sense of, um, 
how can I leave him? You know, he's lonely. I need to be with him because he's lonely because he's lost his family. He has nobody else. And like, she has that whole speech in doomsday that, you know, he does this alone, but not anymore. Cause now he's got me. So mm -hmm. there's a sense of, I need to be with him because we love each other and he won't be lonely. Whereas I think Donna's thing is when she says, you know, promise me to find somebody. It's not because you're lonely. It's because you need somebody to stop you. It like, it's the same thing, you know, you shouldn't be on your own, but it's a completely different aspect. You know, it's not so much about what do you need for your own, you know, they're related, but it's not just about like, what do you need to be happy? It's no, seriously, you know, I've, you know, I've gotten some sense of what you're like if, if somebody's not there, you know, to tell yeah. you to stop. Um, so that's why you should find someone, not just because you lost your family and you're feeling kind of blue. So, <laughs> um, I think that's really interesting. That's something that I didn't really see coming, you know, before this episode that, yeah. It's kind of an old theme, but with a completely new relevance put on it, I think, because of the way that he acts in yeah. this episode. Well, and then, of course, with the refusal that she gives him, it's somebody else. You need to find somebody, somebody else. else. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm scared of you. And I think, yeah. yeah, it is interesting, sort of the way that he epically destroys the Rachnos, right? It's not just like... And he gives it a chance. Yeah. Like he does with every mm -hmm. creature, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, he gives it a chance. He, he says, I can find a place for you and your kin to live peacefully. Mm -hmm. And Narachnos, oh, you're so funny. Ha ha ha. Um, that was my Rachnos voice. Um, it's, better no. than, it's better than the real Rachnos voice, I have to be honest with you. Uh, but the... Yeah, I mean, he's a madman. Yeah. No, just gotta, and we've I'm gotten, just gonna... We've gotten that... We've gotten that hint of what, what I've referred to as the oncoming storm before. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, when, when Rose gets her face wiped off, you know, and, oh, right, you know, right. he kind of... Yeah, but that's but, like... But but that seems like, you know, this is definitely the most full-on oncoming storm that we've mm -hmm. seen so far, I think. Oh, like yeah, this a, is... A glimpse into the kind of, the kind of vengeance that yeah. must have happened during the Time War. You get that idea. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. This is, you know, yeah, this is his I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore moment. Yeah. It's, it's very... Um, and you get the flames, and you get the water, and you mm. get the, you know... The screaming children. And, the the yeah. judgment of God sort yes. of idea, you know, behind mm -hmm. it all. Um, and again, not to say Brachdos kind of deserved all of that, but you, you do get that sense of kind of what you were saying. Um, you get that sense of unrestrained doctorhood yeah. <laughs> you know the 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 this is this is me in my full force um and and it's not 
you know, there's, yeah, there really isn't anyone there to stop him. I mean, Donna does eventually say, come on, we have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess she does sort of serve that purpose, but it's not like Rose saying, come on, we have to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, at, you know, by well, the... You, I... You imagine that if Rose was still there... I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that he's just lost Rose. Oh, yeah. So, no, I, mean, I absolutely think to do, part of that. So you get the idea that if Rose was still there, this would never have happened. Not that he wouldn't have still defeated the Rachnos, but not in the kind of, you know, raining down fire in a right. biblical way. You right. Know? The gleeful yeah. overkill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I definitely think that's true. And I think... That's part of what scares Donna, yeah. right? Is 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 seeing all of that, but also, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's it's her recognizing, getting the bigger picture that actually the doctor doesn't necessarily seem to get at this point. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, right. sort he of flipping the table. That. Yeah, he needs to hear that about himself on, on him, to, right? To say, actually, I think you need someone with you. So it it um, I mean. Who knows if it can be anyone, but you need to find someone like it. Right. You know, you can't just keep being alone. Um, right. So. Because he's kind of shrugging, you know, find someone. I don't need anyone. He's still hearing it as you're lonely. You need a friend. You know, whereas right. she's saying, no, this is not about right. you. This is about the safety of the people around you. You know, that you're actually, you know, maybe too dangerous to be on your own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, you know, I don't may, may, I don't know who the next companion is or how long he has the next companion with him. Um, you know, is it, it could be another long-term person like Rose, or maybe he has a short, like, rebound companion um (laughs) you know i don't know what the what what what's coming up next but um yeah i don't maybe he goes into a long depression of not having a regular companion for a while i don't know maybe is there is there an online companion website um you know does he fill out a little profile and pay his monthly dues and then send messages back and forth for a while and then they meet for coffee at some point um but anyway so yeah, like I don't know what's going on there, but uh yeah. I think you're right. I think I think that information that we get sort of from Donna and, and her speech there is enlightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I'm sure you noticed because I've pointed it out a bunch of times. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't I, I, mean I, I noticed. I, I hope you noticed. Uh that we get again. Um, Christmas dinner, and he says, "Oh yeah," and he, he says, "I don't do that. I, I don't do that sort of thing. I don't do that." Um, well, you did it then, last year, and you did it last year, and then he kind of says, "Yeah," and then he tries to sneak off, and right. like just completely. She, like, she catches him with her boy. Yeah. yeah. So boy, doctor. Again, yeah. we're we're. I think the. So there's some the, regression the doc, there. The doc, there is some regression. It's almost like the doctor's level of humanity is directly corresponds to his willingness to have dinner with like you know like you know you start with a very un like determinedly undomestic doctor and then we had him having christmas dinner and now 
he's lost Rose, he's lost that family, and I don't do that sort of thing. So, right. yeah, so I think that's a kind of a barometer for where he's at. His, his willingness to have dinner. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Maybe not always, but... But I think in this episode, we're meant to hear that as an echo of... I mean, clearly right. we are, because Donna well, says... He says, I had Christmas dinner last year. Right. There's, um, and and there, Donna calls him on it. There are a lot of callbacks to the previous one. I mean, just yeah. even even the the automaton... Well, no, these aren't... What are, what are we... What yeah, are the those, robot those things? Robot called? Santa yeah. things, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's a callback. Again, we get... Uh, spaceship over london we do yes um, yes you know that so actually it's... that actually becomes like a christmas tradition of spaceships okay. well, hovering over london yeah fair enough um, um but you know it is at least at this point it's a callback you know to the to the last one um yeah and and yeah i don't know it, it so well, there, and, there and, seems and, um, there seems and, to be there's one more. Donna's, um, uh, am I ever going to see you again? That's not to the Christmas one. That's to Rose in just the last episode, you know? Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. am I ever going to see you again? You can't. And now he, this time he says, if I'm lucky. Yeah. So okay. not so definitively. No. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and 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 then of course the the uh the whole the, well there's the whole trust thing right mm -hmm. there's so well there's there's the when they're flying through town through the you know on the on the when when he's flying in the TARDIS and she's still in the car yeah. and he's says trust me you mm -hmm. need to trust me and and she's like well is that what your friend who you lost you know, did she trust you? And, and I, he doesn't say Rose's name at mm -hmm. all until the very end. Right. Yeah. Like, am, am I, did I No, I think remember yeah. that? Right. Yeah. No, so he definitely is. He's, in, he's deflecting just, all those questions. It's and, just she, yeah. she, yeah. yes, she did. She's not dead. She's, she's still alive. Um, but then at the end, it's like he can finally talk about it even though it's just sort of brief it's at least the acknowledging her name is rose or her yeah. name was her name was rose her name is rose it says was but still it does is. say was um i guess because donna asks what was her name so he responds right and she doesn't and she doesn't know so i think she's assuming that she's dead right even though he's said right. she's alive but but at um, least, and no matter what happened to her, she's in the past tense, you know, that that's over. Right, right. It's over and done with. Um, so, oh, the other question. I knew I knew there was another one that, that was going to, that was bugging me. His home planet. Yes. Gallifrey. Yes. Gallifrey. Gallifrey. That okay. is the first mention of Gallifrey. Okay. And I can't believe it. Almost over two years into the show before they say the name Gallifrey, but that's the first, yeah. But, but from Classic Who, yes. that has yeah. been mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, no, first, the first one, first mentioned in New Who. Yeah, but but it's not like they just made up a planet name now. It's no. one no. that they've taken from before. 
Yes, and the Rachnos seems to know who. Yeah. The Gallifrey it, it provokes are. a kind of visceral reaction, mm -hmm. you know. That now, I mean, the Rachnos are these carnivorous spider aliens that eat people, so their perspective is sort of skewed, I think. But, um, <laughs> but at least but not the same she, as ours. Whether, but, yeah. but she, uh, but she at least, you know. Gallifrey, they murdered the Rachnos. That they, they, they were just as yeah. sort of this sort of ruthless. vengeful, ruthless demigods as the Doctor seems to be acting here. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you kind of get that idea that now you're getting a little bit of maybe more of a of, of a picture of what the Time Lords might have been like. Well, and I was going to ask, and I mean. You, it's perfectly fine to say we'll learn more later if that's yeah. the case. But um, is Gallifrey synonymous with Time Lords or are like Time Lords of the Gallifrey people, but like that, Gallifrey that, are larger than Time Lords? That's actually a contested issue in oh, okay. the community. I don't know that we have a definitive. It's not I think, settled. No, because mm. I, I think... I, yeah, I don't think it's ever been really definitively okay. stated. There might be evidence for sort of both sides. So which is the... Because I think there are some people who think, like, Time Lords are maybe Gallifreyans who have maybe... Like gone, specialized. Specialized. Maybe they're... Yeah. They've, I think they, they there's some reference at some point to some sort of academy. You know, so maybe they're graduates of an academy. But, but I don't know. They... He also talks about the Time Lords as his people. As, as like a race. race of people, So yeah. I think there's there's evidence both ways. And I don't think they've ever really said one way or the other. Okay. Whether all Gallifreyans are also Time Lords or not. Um, Interesting. Interesting. So, okay. So, yeah, I, I picked up on that. Um, wasn't sure. I sort of assumed that it was something that had come through from uh classic yeah. who but uh yeah. wasn't entirely sure about it didn't for various reasons of trying to preserve my knowledge um and pristine just state google i didn't want to yeah i didn't yeah. want to google it or wikipedia it or anything so yeah um yeah cool cool wow yeah no i think that's kind of interesting that it takes them that long to get the name out in the same way that that it takes the doctor the whole episode to, to use rose's name it's almost like even though he's regressing even though he's taken a few steps back from mm -hmm. you know some of the development that we've seen it's also the fact that he can use the name is right it's like right. a new development like it's not just my planet which we're not going to talk about now it's gallifrey um, right, right there's more ownership there, ah, i guess that's interesting i hadn't I hadn't sort of connected those two, but you're right. Like it, the fact that he can talk about his home planet, which he he has trouble even mentioning Time yeah. Lords and his role in the destruction of the time, Time Lords. You know, now he's actually invoking their name, right? Like in their it's true also, name, like. But not, it's also troubling because he uses it in a moment of like destruction. destruction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe it's not yeah. a good thing that he's invoking their name, but right. Um. But, but I think it's interesting because I would have, I would have imagined that that would have been 
you know, that they would have been talking about Gallifrey the whole time. So the fact yeah. that it, they take it this long means that it has more weight when they actually do use the name, I think. Yeah. But then the connection of being able to say Rose's name at the yeah. end of the episode is yeah. significant in, in a similar so. kind of yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because basically for the whole episode, it's Donna saying, your friend, what was she called? Who was she? And he just ignores she, the questions. She, yeah, or yeah. she, right. Yeah. 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 Well, so I'm curious once we get, so this was the, the bridge, right, into the new yeah. season. Yeah, and like we said, more of a, even though it's the Christmas special and there was a gap between the end of season two and this, um, it, it is more of a continuation of, more of a closing of the season two story in a way. Um, well, yeah, it, I mean, it's because, dr directly a continuation because we see the bride get, yeah. we see Donna get beamed up right at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And then, it, you know, start just like, well, just like, it, you know, the last time we saw the um, regeneration happen. And then yeah. immediately the TARDIS is like, I mean, there's there's that brief, um, like, five minute video, right, that uh -huh. connects the two. But, like, I mean, it's, yeah, th then suddenly it's crashing through. The, and I was yeah. trying to think, oh, that was the other thing I want to mention. Because I was trying to think, had we ever seen the TARDIS flying, like, through the air? Oh, yeah. And that's the yeah. only other time I can think of is that. I don't know if flying is quite the right word because it's sort of like falling, like bouncing right. around. Right, yeah. Um, which it kind of does a bit here. It bounces around too. It bounces off yeah. of cars and stuff. But like here <laughs> it's more purposeful. Like there it's yeah. like just sort yeah, of well, out of like, control. It's like a gear that he doesn't normally have to use because normally he can just sort of dematerialize and why would you fly it when you can just appear somewhere else? Whereas like when he has to land it, you right. know, and he's kind of out of it in the Christmas invasion. And here he's got to chase the car. So it's like, that's what I love about that. How Jerry rigged that whole scene. Is yeah, of it is. Pulling the string to kick it up to the next gear and yeah. like almost falling out the door the whole time and everything. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. It, and then he has to fire extinguish the console well, and everything. And, I, and we actually, <laughs> we talked a bit about this um the other day, just the the two kids in the car, yeah, sort of yeah. like cheering them on, cheering and, them on, and and you get that sense, like they're sort of representative, right, of all the kids watching this from their couch or whatever. Like you know, it's it's yeah, you know, yeah. this is yeah. he can make it, he can make it, he can do it, he can do yeah. it, yeah, yeah, trust him, he can do it, yeah, yeah, kids, that's what I'm doing at home. Well, I <laughs> consider you too. a kid, apparently, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I mean, you get that. Yeah, no, that's the audience. The yeah, kids and in the moment, and the yeah. kids, the kids and the kids at heart. I will yeah, say. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, good, good stuff. It was a good episode. Um, not what I was expecting, and that's fine. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like, I like when both of the shows do things we don't expect. Exactly. Yeah, and it's and, and it's you funny. Don't know and you don't know what to expect next because I have it didn't no leave clue. us didn't leave us with any sort of lead into the next episode. Yeah, I have no clue what's coming up next and I know you have no clue of what's coming up next in Buffy because I do yeah. know what's coming up next in Buffy <laughs> and I know you have no clue about it. So All I'm right. just saying. I'm excited. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, well, 
and our listeners don't have any clue what's coming. Well, they might they might have seen yeah. both of them for all we know. Right. But yeah. we're not going to tell you just in case you haven't. So thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. See you then. Thank you.